The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Hi, this is Zach Galifianakis. You're listening to Cool Jazz Favorites. Hi, this is Zach Galifianakis. You're listening to Easy Listening Jazz Favorites. Okay. Hi, this is Zach Galifianakis. You're listening to KUCI Irvine 88. KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Thanks for listening to Our Digital Future, Thursdays at 9.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Today we have a special guest on the line and we have a special co-host in the studio. We've got intern Priscilla. Thanks for coming down. You're going to help ask questions? No problem. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Good morning, UCI. And good morning, Amran Gravit. Thank you for coming in to talk about libraries. Sure, no problem. Thanks for having me, Ziba. And welcome, Priscilla. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm very excited for you to tell us how you've been. Um, I'm looking at your um, website, a librarian for 12 years. Yeah, that's correct. And what brought you to that field in your life path to education? What made you want to get your Master's of Library Science? Well, um, the first few years of my career, I actually didn't have my master's, but I was already doing professional skills. And um, so I got my feet wet working in a small special collections research library, kind of really got a good sense of what it would be like to actually be a librarian with a degree, what skills were required, and if I had what it takes to be a good librarian. So I got um, a couple years of experience doing that first, and then I pursued my master's and um, found that it was definitely the right field for me. My uh, my brain is meant to be a librarian, <laughs> to be used in that way. <laughs> and you went to library school in, um, for, where was that? Um, I went to school online, actually. I did my entire master's online uh, through Texas Women's University. Oh, cool. And I see you were in um, California before, like, Berkeley? Uh, actually, I did an indexing course through Berkeley. Oh, how, um, did, how did you like that? Fantastic. It's a really top-notch school. I got amazing instruction and um, interactive. That was also online as well. That's what's great about our digital future. Everything's moving online. I did uh, my degree uh, mostly online as well, and it really helps you in the field if you're doing digital, making a website, and being a librarian, say through Twitter, LinkedIn, as well. So, what do you what do you do now? What have you been doing these twelve years since library school? So, um, after finishing library school, I jumped back into public libraries. Um, just recently, I was an assistant director at a small public library down here in southern Colorado, um, and in the last few months, I've sort of tipped my hat to the library world under the umbrella of being in a library and taking my skills outside of the library. So now I'm running my own business and um, doing consulting and a little bit of publishing as well and um, also some indexing on the side. So I've taken my years of experience working inside of a library and um, now I'm working outside of the library but using the same skill set, which uh, has been a perfect transition for me. 
<laughs> oh, so you were in a public librarian in Colorado. Mm-hmm, correct. And then you were also um, previously in uh, academic libraries? Yeah, yep. I worked in um, two different libraries at UCSD, um, and it was actually before, I think both of them have since closed. I want to say it was in just two or three years ago that they closed the Scripps Library, the Oceanography Library, and I was also at uh, Clicks, which was a very small book collection and primarily online resources and um, instruction and computers. Go ahead. Um, you said you were doing some publishing, uh, you were working on some publishing. Um, do you have any examples of something that you're working on or that you just lately did? Sure. Um, well, I've got six or seven things I'm in the middle of right now, but in the next uh, two months, uh, Literary Map of Colorado will be coming out, um, which is a fun integration of reader's advisory and all things I love about maps and books. Um, and so I'm uh, publishing that myself and selling that online and through stores. And then um, I'm also doing a little bit of um, manuscript sub, uh, review and submission help for some authors, um, putting together a few children's books and then um, a Western, of all things. <laughs> that's awesome. So you have you have so, kind of a love for mapping and um, global... I do. That's awesome. That would have ultimately been my ideal librarian job is to be a map librarian. Oh, and why didn't that happen? What happened? You can still do um, it. I think I was... Once I sort of found that that would have been a really viable career path, I... The GIS took off to such a degree I wasn't sure I wanted to be in school for another four or five years that it might have taken to be a really qualified map librarian. So I took the things that I love about map, which is mostly mm, the visual element, the visual art right. style of mapping, and, and I'm applying it in ways that um, I guess is really rewarding. I can do end papers on books and um, create my own maps in that way. And I'm sure as I retire, I'll end up having a map store or something like that. Was <laughs> we'll that including maps of the ocean in your oceanography library? Oh, gosh. They, at Scripps, they had amazing maps of the ocean. Um, I don't know enough about oceanography to even um, get into that, but I did take a few oceanography classes in my undergrad studies, so who knows, right? Lifelong learners, librarians tend to be, so we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> and how did you like the difference between academic and public as a librarian? Um, what do you prefer? What do you see some of the pros and cons or the future of both of them? If, how do they work together? Yeah, that's a great question, Ziba. Um, for me, my skill set worked much better in a public library setting. I'm very hands-on. I really like working with people of all different ages and educational backgrounds. Um, I really like sort of the chaotic environment that a lot of public libraries tend to be where it's just really um, innovative and bold. And I think a lot of academic libraries are holding strong scholar standards. And um, a lot of the research that was involved was... Um, a little bit more black and white, and um, I guess I just didn't find that to be as rewarding. So after a few years in academic libraries, I found myself back working with the public and found that to be much more rewarding for um, what I could bring to the table, I guess, um, with reference. So. 
And Colorado um, versus California, is that also a choice of the different um, community? Yeah. Um, I originally went to San Diego to work in the libraries there because of the multicultural, multilingual collections and um, communities. Um, I'm very drawn to libraries in general that support a really diverse community. And um, so I, that was fantastic to be in Colorado and to be sort of immersed in that world. In Colorado, it's at least down where I'm at, it's, it's nowhere near as diverse. We um, sort of isolate the communities within sort of the Ute Reservation has its own community, its own language, its own libraries, and the public libraries are tend to be a lot wider, a lot more English-speaking, <laughs> different sort of divisions in that way. So um, just different, you know. Um, the library should certainly represent the community around it and serve the needs of those people that are seeking job, job services or, um, you know, research or just whatever it may be that your community needs. Um, not better or worse, just different. <laughs> now, what have so, you found, Ziba? You're in um, Irvine, correct? Yes, you see Irvine at the libraries here on campus in the academic library. Uh, as an assistant currently, but finished my MLIS last year, May, so looking for that first librarian position. Excellent. And are you looking to stay in academic libraries? Oh, I'm willing to try any any type of library. I do find the, the working with the public to be um, fun and exciting. And even um, as a chi children's librarian would be fun. I took storytelling class, and that was re I really yeah. love reading books out loud to s children. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. Um, what do nice. you well, What do you um, say to other students? You know, who are trying to follow in the same path as you. What would be your advice to them? Oh, I, I am such a big advocate of getting your hands dirty in a position before, um, if you haven't taken the graduate level coursework, then you really just need to get yourself dirty in the library. So if you're interested in working in a public library before you even start your master's program, I would encourage anybody to just take any position there because even if you're just a page, you're still possibly supporting the story time by selecting books or creating themes or... Um, you know, just whatever it may be that you think might be a great idea for a career, it's always a good idea to get some experience to see how the reality pans out. <laughs> Did you do any internships or what other kind of experience? You know, you've been over the 12 years in many different libraries, but um, in school as online, were you working in the library before school? I was, yeah. I worked for, um, let's see, four years before I pursued my master's. And I um, really worked closely with the other librarians in the, the libraries that I was at just to get a good sense of not just as a, as a friend or as a coworker, but as a colleague to see to the depth of, of what they really needed to know and how much they enjoyed their job and what they applied. And just um, so that when I started my coursework, I fell back on all my experience to use um, for examples, for, you know, some assignments that we had to do, I had a fantastic, just for an example, I had a fantastic multicultural young adult literature course, and we did different lesson plans, and I found um, books that I had used in some teen advisory board programs that I had done, you know, that went well, and so I could easily apply work that I had already done, but 
was now applying professional skills to it, which I found to be really, really valuable. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. And everyone can um, look up more about you on your website as well. Do you want to give out your website? Uh, sure, yeah. My business is called Wild Clover Book Services. So it's wildcloverbookservices.com. And um, you'll see that I do some indexing. I do some research for clients, uh, some library consulting. Um, what else is up there right now? I'm just doing some basic pathfinders. I've got some library reports coming out soon of some of the different countries that I've traveled to in the past and visited and worked in their libraries. So um, although I'm not under the umbrella of a building, of a library building, I'm still very much a librarian, and I've found um, that the skill set is really... It's really applicable across the board. So, yeah. What about you, Priscilla? Are you pursuing library school? <laughs> I'm not, actually, but I am a journalism major. So, I mean, yeah. writing. I'll be writing the stuff that you'll be finding <laughs> in the libraries. Fantastic. That's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you probably use libraries a lot for your research. I definitely do. Yep. In there all the time. That's my second home. Mm -hmm. Second home to the studio. So, yeah. And have you found, just as a user, as a patron, that libraries have changed for you in the last few years? You know, um, I would say so. I mean, I'm second year here at Irvine, so um, I find the, the libraries here on campus really useful because it's completely different from high school where, you know, there's um, there's a smaller variety of uh, books and um, a, a lot more access to everything that I need here in on campus. So that's nice. Nice. Excellent. And do you use the uh, reference librarian? I do, all the time. <laughs> all the time. You, you guys that's would know, Ziva and yourself would know, that, you know, that's, that's the first person you need to go to if you really, like, want to just go right ahead and start up on what you need to, you know, what you're working on. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah, for they them. really know what, what resources they have available and how to get into them quickly, yeah, don't they? definitely. Yeah, that's great for your major here. Um, I know as my first undergrad here at BioSci, we didn't really use the library as much that way, and I actually didn't speak with a librarian until my fourth year or fifth year here at, yeah. as a BioSci oh, major, no. which is too bad because, you know, you still need them for the science articles and the science papers. Definitely, yep. And it's nice that we have a science library as well as, um, you know, like just the regular library as well, so... Yeah, our, our regular library is uh, Langston Library. That's where I work right now, just at the circulation desk and interlibrary loan. But everything um, with the librarian reference desk could be helpful for anyone on campus, too. That's what I like to do on this radio show, too, is just promote the resources available that people are unaware of on campus. There's libraries you can go to, help you can get. It's free. It's available. It's there. We're open till 11 p.m. every day. Just go check it out at the lib.uci.edu. Check out the library as a student here, undergrad, grad, faculty, staff. And it could be a good resource even, you know, go on a break. You could find something fun to read in the current periodicals section even. Yeah, indeed. What, what's, your, what's your favorite kind of stuff to read besides, uh, besides mapping material? Oh. Oh, it changes every week. I think it just depends on what project I'm working on. I really immerse myself in whatever the project is I'm reading, you know, top, yeah. bottom, around the bend about the topic. So I'm in the children's section. If I can find a biography about a person I'm writing, you know, an article for or um, 
let's see, what did I just recently read? Shake the World by James Marshall Riley, which was very inspiring, really fantastic about um, interviewing various young uh, innovators in, in our nation that are um, working sort of in this new nonprofit slash business world and um, making great changes with um, in the social service world, I guess. So that was a really that was a really good read. I would definitely recommend that. Oh, great! I see yeah. you're you're you visited libraries probably in Africa, Asia, Australia, the Caribbean, and Europe. Yeah, yeah. I've done a bit of traveling and always check out the libraries. Some some of them I worked. I did a trip in 2005, 2006 for a year. Um, and worked in a southern China library and in Phnom Penh at the National Library in Cambodia and then down in Cape Town uh, in South Africa. Um, those were libraries that I stayed for four to six weeks at, but then during the rest of my trip I sort of dabbled in, I don't know, probably 50 or 60 other libraries that I visited as well. Wow, how do libraries compare around the world? What do we have here we should be thankful for? Oh, we have an amazing library system here by comparison. Um, it was just really neat to see um, that each library really represented its community, its country, in whatever way that, um, you know, their collections needed to. So in Phnom Penh, they had an amazing collection of the um, old Cambodian books that are sort of accordion-like. They're with the reeds, with the... I forget. I don't know if you've ever seen these or not, but they're... Um, made out of reeds and they're maybe 12 inches long and four inches wide and they're stacked and have a string through the middle of them. These are just the old books that um, a lot of the Khmer texts used to be on. So, you know, the National Library had a great collection of those which the kids could use and, and handle. And um, oh, that's so unique. Did you bring yeah. anything back with you? <laughs> no, they're <laughs> national treasures. Yeah, you could buy knockoffs, but no, I didn't. <laughs> They're old, very old. <laughs> These are archived. So, and then in in, down in Cape Town, you know, South Africa has 11 national languages. So the project that I worked on at the Center for the Book um, was called Isikwalo Books. And they published books in five of the 11 languages and brought them out to the rural poor communities so that um, children could grow up seeing... Um, characters in their books that looked like them, speaking their language, and um, or one of the four languages that they spoke. So, um, you know, each library really represented the strengths of their own community, which, you know, is one of the best things that we do <laughs> as libraries all over the world. So, it's yeah. really exciting. And I want to ask you: so, as a back, back book in back of the book indexing specialist for children's literature, geography, and culture. Um, what is that process like? How do you begin indexing the back of a book? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Well, indexing is um, a class that some librarians can take. Um, a lot of master's programs have an indexing or taxonomy course. Um, the process of indexing a book, um, at this point, when I'm doing back of the book, I'm not doing embedded indexing. And back of the book indexing is created by a pre-published manuscript. And I read through the text twice and pull out the concepts and create sort of a map. And then um, link keywords and where they're cited within the text. So 
you guys all probably at the university use your indexes all the time when you're researching specific topics. You'll go straight to the back of the book to look up where um, some references to a person or a concept and then go right to page 93 where it says that it starts. And that process is um, a sort of a contextual mapping of the content that the author creates. So um, it organizes the information and it um, develops sort of a, a hierarchy of um, concepts. So I love it. It's a great application of my information retrieval and organization skills as a librarian. That's a really fun job to do. You must be very knowledgeable about all the all the book. After all, you index a book, you come away with all this new information. Indeed, yeah. There's no better way to read a book than actually to index it because you're getting deep into the concepts within the book, the the meta topic of the of the manuscript for sure. It's 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 a fantastic way to read. Deep reading, we call it. <laughs> So how many years now have you been um, not working in the actual library building? Uh, six months. And ha so far, how do you feel in comparison? Do you think it's gonna, you're going to enjoy this um, more? It's going to be more profitable? It's like your own business and everything? Absolutely. For me, it is a great transition. I'm calling myself the emancipated professional <laughs> <laughs> for, for the fact that I can. I have a four-year-old, so it's a... The, it, Management of my time is much easier. I can take projects on for three to six weeks at a time and plan my summers around it. Um, I can work from home. I can work from somebody else's office. I'm very flexible. Um, and But I don't think that I would have been capable of doing this even a few years ago. You know, after several years working within the library, I've developed um, enough of a skill set to be able to sell it in this way. So... Uh, it's a great fit for me, for sure. It's exciting. Congratulations. Thank you so much. With your, uh, it's wildcloverbookservices.com to check yeah. out more of what you can do for everyone. And you still um, work in the library a lot as a patron, do you think? Oh, yeah. Oh, every other day I'm probably spending hours there, you know, still accessing the resources and networking within my friends in the community. I'm doing a, a collection assessment right now for a small research library and, and using the public libraries to access um, resources that they have that can help me. And, yeah, oh, I'm, I'm a lifelong patron, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Your four-year-old's going to love that. Oh, he we have our own library here, of course, but we're at the library together every day. She's oh, that's so nice. very close with the children's librarians there. Aww. <laughs> yeah. In Colorado, so that's like a good area, too, for... Um, you have experience in small farm and animal husbandry, too. Tell us about that. That's a very interesting topic. Sure, yeah. Um, I lived in Hawaii for a year, and um, in my undergrad, I went to UH... Hilo, and over the course of six months while I was living there, I was living on a farm for a period of time and took care of a slew of goats and chickens and geese and ducks and <laughs> several oh other animals, <laughs> um, so just kind of milked and gathered food and all sorts of um, small farming techniques, which was really great fun, and now I'm actually finding that's applicable for indexing, because I've done a few indexes for um, 
topics that are very relevant to that, where I might not have known terms that I would use now for the index had I not had that experience. It was it was great, but really dirty and <laughs> hard, hard, hard work. <laughs> I feel like that's the best way to um, to gain knowledge, though, is like just putting yourself um, into the work you're doing. Like you were saying, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't have had that same knowledge had you not had that experience. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think in this global economy, we really should be as diverse in our skill set as we can. We should know how to code. We should know how to milk a goat yep. and everything yep. in between. <laughs> because I think, you know, most positions now, you really have to have a strong, diverse background to be able to apply. I mean, we're just not, we're not as specialized as we used to be, I think. And in libraries in particular, you're... You know, you're developing a maker space where you're teaching kids how to create video content, but maybe you didn't learn that in library school, so you have to seek experience outside of your education yep. just simply to be a, a well-rounded employee, I think, in general. Unless it's more interesting life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the futures of libraries, that's, I think, um, one of the main questions is, like, everything moving from what we grew up with and um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think just in particular, the more experience you can have in non-library related fields, the more that you can bring to the table to to the library that you want to maybe settle into and really make a difference in your community. Um, you should have some early education background if you want to work with in a children's library. You should have some you know, program management or fundraising experience. I just think the future of libraries and librarians in general is um, representing their community across the board. If we're working with businesses in the library, we should have some business experience. We should um, sort of bring that to the table. I've always worked in um, much smaller communities, so that's much more important in small communities when, say, five employees are running a, a library versus... I don't know how many you have at UCI, but I'm sure it's not five. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So I think just being as diverse and sort of grounded in fields outside of the library, that then you um, apply that to your library degree, your library skills, I think um, will only um, seek to benefit you and your library position in general. And I want to... Thank you for that information and everything you've um, shared with us and our listeners this half hour, which is coming to a close. It's been great learning from you, and I hope everyone will check check out your information on wildcloverbookservices.com. Yep, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Priscilla and Ziba. Thanks very much for your, your time today. Thank you. You're welcome, and uh, have a good day today. Thanks for calling in. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That there was Amron Gravit. Thank you for listening, everyone. And thank you, Priscilla, for co-hosting. Oh, absolutely. Thank you, Ziba. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I also wanted to announce a giveaway. If anyone wants to call in, the number is 949-824-5824. If you're free for uh, Matt and Kim show at the Observatory in Santa Ana on March 8th, that's Friday, March 8th, then you want to call in for a pair right now. Uh, Matt and Kim is this really fun band that have um, a song on YouTube I'm going to try to play for you right now. They have a song called Yeah, Yeah, Yeah 
That's um, if you like it, then call in and win. 949-824-5824 is the number. And this is through KCI Promotions. We're able to bring you such great, fun music. We're, we have a show in um, March 8th at the Observatory in Santa Ana. Definitely call in, guys. Call in. Give them away to your friends. If you can't, you know somebody who would really like to go, call in. Yeah, I was, um, well, I'll just, I'll give them away next week, too. So, Matt and Kim, check it out. They're on iHeart Comic Records, and the song is, yeah, yeah, it's on my Twitter, too. So, um, I'll be there. I'll be writing a review for the press pass that KCI is nice enough to give me. I'll take pictures. So, we're going to, um... Stay tuned for the next KCI show. It's going to be from 10 a.m. to noon. You're going to hear World Without Words. And we have a caller. Thanks for calling and stay tuned for more great music.